and welcome to the Decent Night Kingdom podcast. This is season three. I was about to say season 13, but we're not that far ahead just yet. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is season three, episode 18, and I'm your host, James Gray. As you'll see, alongside me, I have got both Daniel and Tom back again. Same guests as last week because they were absolutely fantastic. Um, so guys, it's great to see you back. Uh, Daniel, how are you doing? You know, as, as I said earlier, uh, before our live recording got hexed, by some nasty Nashville, uh, <laughs> Nashville fan. ninja, a Nashville ninja. Uh, <laughs> I, I stated that I was cool as a cucumber, but you know what? Let me tell you what I am fired up like a bowl of Mac and cheese with a liberal sprinkling of that cayenne pepper. Cause DC United has been on fire. And, you know, as I said about a month ago, if you had asked me, you know, how many points do you see DC United coming away with, you know, with the next, you know, four games coming up. And I would have told you, you know what, I would be happy with maybe three from, from the Cincinnati game, which funny enough, we, we got zero points, but uh, besides that game, we have won every game of those four games or uh, three of those four games. We have won uh, against the likes of the New Jersey pink cows. The Columbus Barbasol boys and your Montreal Les Impact. The, we have come through this stretch of games that really I thought were going to be the dog days of summer. I thought this was going to be a really brutal set of games to, to watch. And the boys came through real good. And, and I'm just, I'm really happy for the way DC has shaped up uh, since the beginning of the season, um, Kamara has come into his own. Uh, he's, he's elite now, I guess I'm going to have to say it. Uh, I, I, am I'm on board the Kamara hype train. So, you know, that's where I'm at. Well, how about you boys? Go for it, Tom. How, how have you felt over this last week? Are you on board with the Kamara hype train? Are you coming into the golden boots train station? Yeah. So I was definitely, when we first signed Kamara, I was not convinced. And I'm ashamed to say. I don't think um, anyone, but, anyone was convinced, to be honest. But, you know. Yeah. I mean, when when we had Wayne Rooney, that was, like, great. And then it was like, this is the replacement. And I was just like, okay, that's fine. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm surprised with how well this team has been doing, especially, you know, how we've had seasons of, being so spotty in terms of what our record is. And it's nice to actually see some consistency, especially when we're, we have a new coach and they're playing a new system like Lasada ball. I was, you know, I thought this summer was going to be Lasada burnout. I thought we were just going to stop and, and start falling down and get tired. But no, like this team has really changed quickly into the way that he wants the guys to play. And, working great so i'm i'm happy while the Kamara train is going well i think there are also some other supporting signings that we've been making that have you know just the little things that have really made it perfect yeah it's it has been such a good year so far we've already won more games than we did in the entirety of 2020 we've got more points we've scored more goals it's just been so good and i'm just gonna put out there that i coined losada ball first and foremost out of anyone within the dc kingdom 
I came up with Lasada Ball to start off with very, very early on in the year. So um, you've got me to thank for, for that phrase. Um, <laughs> but this show is all about, one, the Kamara hype train, and two, it's all about the last seven days. And we've had so many things going on. So before we get into it, the first thing that we need to do is talk about the score prediction update because we didn't do it last week. Um, but Tom, you gave your first ever prediction on this podcast and on fair play, you were absolutely spot on with two things. One, well, actually no, three things. One, you got the result, right? You got the win. Two, you got the scoreline, right? And three, you predicted a set piece goal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can't get any better than that, but you're still only getting three points. Yeah, so, I'll take it. <laughs> I lobbied for you. I lobbied for you, time. You saw it. You I was like, I spot him. I tell you what, you go with my prediction this week, you're going to get an easy three points out of it. So, you know, we'll, we'll get to that. We will get into that later on. But in terms of the points update, so uh, bringing up the radio as Tom, I mean, it was going to be that anyway. So he's on three points. <laughs> uh, three. Three, easy three. I. Uh, I'm in second place on seven points and Daniel is in the lead on 10 points. So it is all to play for coming into the second half of the season, the second, the end, the final stretch. Um, I still really don't want to wear that Red Bulls uh, jersey. So I'm coming for you, Daniel. Um, you're going to wear that Spurs jersey. You're definitely going to wear it. Um, so that is the score prediction league update. Um, let's move on to some news. So, there's a few things on there and a few things have actually just happened before we've recorded as well today. Um, but first up, obviously, the Ola Kamara hype train is well underway. Um, he's in double figures. So, Daniel, you've got to, I think you've got to eat your own hat on that, haven't you? I, you know, hey, here's the thing. I ate my hat uh, on the last show. I thoroughly, you know, admitted my wrongness. I, I even apologize. I gave a sincere apology I said that I was sorry that I doubted Kamara and, and I am, I am delighted by his performance. So man, if uh, he, he keeps it up, I mean, yeah, we're, we're just a little over halfway through the season. So man, you know, you talk about a goal every 60 minutes. Uh, let, let's, let's keep that going. Um, I would love to see more from him and, you know, to be honest, uh, he has just looked better and better each week and and if he keeps that up you know there's there's a good chance especially with how well uh gressel has has been serving up those dishes of pasta uh you know man we could we could see an easily easy 20 plus goal season from kamara that would be amazing you love your food analogies don't you daniel you know hey I I worked in the uh, restaurant business for for a good while be, between high school and college, so you know that was my, that was my upbringing right there. Nice. Um, I think the the biggest non DCU news um, over the last seven days has been the fact that Messi did sign for PSG, um, but Tom he took the same number as Kevin Paredes. What do you make of that? Yeah, I mean it's. It's a good tribute to Paredes. I know that Lionel Messi really looks up to him. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, oh, it's crazy. That team is so good. It's so, but if, if anyone picks who plays me in the new FIFA, if anyone picks PSG, I'm closing the game. We're not playing because that's just unfair. That's cheating, that isn't it? 
Yeah, I mean it's a super team, and it's it's absurd. They still won't win the Champions League though. No, they won't. I'm I'm excited for that. <laughs> I think they will. I mean, wow. I honestly, yeah, they've uh, who, they've got a great lineup, but they're playing in Liga. They're playing with a lot. I mean, people yeah. sometimes coin it obviously as the retirement league, but also as the Farmers League, right. and. I mean, apart from PSG, who win Ligue 1 pretty much every year, apart from the odd one, what competition does that league have? It, there really isn't. So they can't really go out and then yeah. play against the, sort of the top tier teams and then think, oh, we're, we're on that level because they don't play that kind of level week in, week out. So I, they're going to fall at maybe the quarters, maybe even the semis. I just don't see them ever win in the Champions League. Yeah, do we have a, do we have a oh, you go ahead. I was gonna say, do, do we have a do we have a side bet here? You know, no. as, as far as the Red Bull jersey, do we have another? You know, if if PSG wins the Champions League, absolutely not. I'm not. I'm not okay, taking fair another enough, fair on, but <laughs> What were you gonna say, Tom? Um, I was gonna say how you know if. I don't know what I'm going to do if it gets to a PSG Man City Champions League final. Like, who do I want to win that one? I mean, do I want to see a Man City first Champions League title? Or do I want to see, you know, I guess the bigger oil team win it? And it's just like, yeah. like I, I'm, I'm probably not going to watch that. No. I mean, to be fair, I, I wouldn't watch it either. And, and, and that, well, I don't mind watching the English teams playing in the Champions League because, well, my English team isn't even in the in the Premier League, so I, I'll just watch anything. Um, but yeah, two oil giants in the final. I, one, I don't see that happening, but two, I couldn't really be bothered about it. Um, other non-DCU news, I think from the looks of it, Daniel, you put this one on. This um, is, yeah. Go for it. This is just kind of a backyard story, and I thought it was very funny. Um, so there's a tiny town uh, about 30 miles south of where I live in Aberdeen, and it's Brentford, South Dakota. Now you have Brentford in the United Kingdom and Brentford FC, who are coming back or c- actually coming to the uh, English pre- or Premier League uh, for the first time and actually uh, coming back to top flight English football for the first time since 1947. So kind of a a crazy achievement on their part, especially as as they kind of wallowed in, you know, uh, the fourth tier for a while and kind of climbed back up and had so many, uh, you know, disappointments with with, uh, league finals uh, that – you know, uh, NBC uh, Sports actually reached out to the Brentford community organization and they said, being that you're the only other Brentford in the world, uh, we would love it if you all kind of went to your bar. Brentford is going to send a whole bunch of swag to you guys. And we want to, you know, have you guys send us pictures and video watching the game at the ball. I have no idea how many people will show up to this because how big of a town is it? Oh man, uh, <laughs> maybe a couple hundred, something like that. Is but that it? They're gonna have to get the it. whole town. <laughs> you're you're talking about well, and you're talking about you know in a, a area that largely does not care about soccer 
at all. Uh, I, I, I'm very interested. Part of me wants to go down there, but part of me is kind of like, ah, I don't know, you know, being the Arsenal fan, it's like, I'd be going down to be like, Hey, what's up? I actually support Arsenal. Also, this team's going to lose. Um, <laughs> but no, it's just, it's kind of an interesting situation. I thought it was a funny little, uh, story from my backyard uh just to talk about here so yeah go brentford bees i didn't even realize there was only two brentfords in the world there you go yeah, right there yeah you go. crazy that is news to me and we'll move on to the next news news point which is uh i've got down as gressel um who we've mentioned already um in this podcast um he's moved up the stats leaderboard so he's now fourth in in terms of assists third in key passes and second in the expected assists, which just shows how key of a player he is to us right now. Um, I know I've been impressed. I've been on Gresselmania pretty much since he's arrived, but I know a few people haven't, um, mainly because he hasn't been providing the assists. But to me, that was mainly down to the fact that we didn't have anyone to put the ball in the back of the net. But now Kamara is on form. Gressel's value has just suddenly skyrocketed because yeah. there's somebody there. Um, I don't know whether you guys make of that. Do you think do you think that's a valid point or have you got something else that you would um, say on that? Yeah, um, I think it's really, I mean, the amount of times that you see Gressel will take it to the end line and then when he crosses it, he'll do those low, those low crosses that really just need a toe to tap it in and it's a goal. And I mean, I think his expected assist is, I mean, his expected assist of the game is massive. Yeah. Um, and he's just such a threat and he changes the game for DC United. makes them, makes that side for either Paul Ariola or Paredes. It makes that side easier for them because now they can work off someone who can also attack. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, for me, it's the fact that, when you've got that front three and you've got someone like Russell putting in, that just means that front three can play a, bit, a little bit more centrally, attack the box that little bit more, and there's more people in there, so there's even more chance for an, for someone to get onto the end of a, of a Russell assist. So for me, I'm absolutely loving it at them right now. It's fantastic. I love the fact that Kamara is getting those goals and he's got that confidence and he can just see things that the atmosphere in the team is really, really buzzing right now. Um, did you want to add anything to that, Daniel? You know, I, I've just, you know, I've backed Gressel uh, pretty much all season long. Um, I pointed it out sort of in early episodes that, you know, despite the fact that DC was struggling trying to score goals, you always saw a moment that Gressel was trying to make something happen. Uh, and, and, you know, you either had teams, you know, really like stacking defenders on him, or if he did get a cross in, uh, like Tom said, uh, it was the kind of cross that all you had to do was stick a toe out, but you know, the timing was just off and, and it really took a long time, uh, for this team to come together on that. But, um, you know, now, now they've really hit, hit that stride and, and it's looking really good. Yeah. So next up, talking about really hitting your stride, we've moved up in the power ranking. So this is something that MLS do every week and depending on the results of the games, 
um, and the form and things like that. And finally, we're actually getting a bit of respect from the league. Um, after Hernan decided to call that out, which I thought was a bit brave. Um, I'm surprised that there was no repercussions on that one, especially when he had to go about the refs, um, as you would have heard on the last show. But uh, we've moved up six places, up to eighth on the power rankings. Um, to be honest, it's the first time I've actually taken notice of it for a long time, mainly because we've obviously not played great over the last uh, few years. Um, but it's nice to see that we're actually getting that attention um, I know Hernan's appearing on MLS Extra Time. Um, they're starting to take notice of the coach. They're starting to take notice of the players because the likes of Gressel is starting to get that national attention now. For me, that's great to see. And I think the more times we win this season and the further we move up that uh, standings, I think it's just going to, the hype is going to build us around. And I think we'll end up seeing us back to where we belong, which is at the top of the Eastern. I don't know. Hey, guys, any thoughts on the uh, power rankings? No, I, you you hit it right on the head there. Uh, it's it's great that the league is taking notice. And they even went as far as to say as uh, this is probably the last time that there's going to be talk about, you know, D.C. sort of battling for that playoff spot. It's not necessarily going to be, you know, that type of thing where, you know, it's going to be like, is D.C. going to be in or not? It's DC's in. So having that kind of acknowledgement of, Hey, we belong, you know, that's, that's all we were asking, you know, DC rules the nation. That's it. <laughs> I mean, what, what else yeah. can you say to that Tom? Yeah, no, I agree. I, I mean, it's about time that the team got respect and it's nice to see. I, I'd like to, again, on Hernan, I'd like to see his, passion for the club and how quickly he's come around to it because he knows that the fans are passionate and he knows that, you know, it's one of the oldest MLS clubs, you know, it's, it's the club. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so it. it's, it's nice to see that, you know, he's really taking that in stride. And then with the power rankings, very American thing, power rankings, <laughs> <laughs> very American thing. Um, yes, but no, it's it's nice to see, and hopefully, you know, we keep pushing up. Absolutely. So next up uh, is is news that's come out actually from today, which is uh, the twelfth of August. I had to think about that. I could just looked at the date in the bottom corner of my screen. Um, we record this on on the Thursday. We generally normally go live, but we've obviously had some issues, as Daniel rightly mentioned at the beginning. Um, but news from today. Um, Ramon Abila, Abia, um, also known as One Abila? Chop. Abila, uh, One yeah. Chop, uh, like Paulo One Chop uh, from back in the day. There's a throwback there for you. Paulo One Chop, what a player he was. And hopefully if uh, our new One Chop can do the same, I'll be happy with that. But uh, he's been on loan um, from Boca Juniors to, as the press release says, to MLS. Um, yeah. And he's been... <laughs> This always gets me how contracts and things is all done through the league directly rather than through the club. But there we go. So he's been on loan to MLS and he's been playing at Minnesota United um, so far this season. He's played in 10 games. He's only scored twice. Um, and he's only played 261 minutes of football. And in that time, he's also had a sending off. Um, mm. From Boca Juniors. <laughs> he's been on loan from Boca Juniors, yeah. 
Um, I can understand why they've loaned him out. I'm <laughs> I'm very unsure on this one because we're on good form. I can understand from a injury perspective because we don't have really anyone to back up apart from uh, Bolivar. Um, that's literally it because Saga, as we'll come on to yeah. in a moment, has now gone out on loan. Um, it's we're very light up top at the moment, so I can understand it from a depth point of view from there. But um, I know one of the guys um, asked me about a beer and whether he's going to be starting and things like that. So I don't see him. He's not a starter. He's an impact sub, if anything. Um, if he can nick a goal or two, happy days. But I don't expect to see fireworks from him. Let's put it that way. Unless it's he's getting sent off again. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it as well. I mean, I think he's just a guy you're going to put in to stick his elbows out and to, you know, get a little grit in the game. I also, whenever a team signs someone, I don't think about that player playing. I think about that player in practice and what they're looking for for that player to bring in. Mm-hmm. Um, from what I was reading about him, I mean, he seems like a he seems like a strong forward that maybe they're trying to push on to Kamara maybe a bit more, maybe Reina a bit more. Um, so, I mean, I think, and he's 31 years old. He's, you know, he's a vet. Yeah. So I think, you know, he's going to at least bring some knowledge to the team. Yeah. And then there's the whole salary um, impact for us as well, which I think is another reason why we've picked him up off the waivers. I think he's, on a million dollars a year, but our contribution to that is only 200,000. So we're not actually taking a huge hit on this. It's it's a no-lose situation. If he doesn't do anything for us, we've only, well, we've not lost a huge amount on the salary cap. Yeah. But if he does something, well, we've only spent 200K on the salary cap. So yeah. Yeah, for me, that's a win. Uh, Daniel, any thoughts on it? It's 200k against the salary cap, but uh, as as far as this goes, it, I believe it was just a season long loan type of thing. So I think he's he's out at the end of the year anyway. So uh, as as far as that goes, that's going to be yeah, kind of sorry about. It. Uh, as far as that goes, that's going to be sort of a wash at the end of the season anyway. Um, he'll be back to Argentina. You know, uh, yeah, it makes me wonder about the situation with Eric Sorga. Um, I don't necessarily think it's a thing where Sorga is, I, I, you know, I don't know if he's frustrated or anything like that, but, uh, you know, I, I think it's good to send him uh, over to Europe. That's probably a place where he's more comfortable uh, for better or worse. Like, you know, he, a guy like Sorga, you don't not want necessarily wasting away on the bench. And I think give him time to go back to Europe uh, maybe get some minutes under his belt, uh, come back fresh, and just see how he fits in the system next season. Um, yeah, you know, it's I, I feel for him. You know, he was actually kind of a signing that I was pretty hyped for uh, last year. Um, but, you know, with the pandemic, things were so very start and stop, and, and a lot of teams got pushed, you know, or thrown into flux, and players had to kind of deal with that. Uh, so, you know, I think this could be a rejuvenating move uh, for him and, and we can see where he's at uh, next spring. Yeah. I know he's 
which you've nicely done the next bit of news about uh, Sago moving on loan to uh, the Netherlands. So he's uh, playing at Venlo, but he's there for their entirety of their actual season. So he won't be back until the summer of 2022. Oh, is that okay? So he's there for a full season. So he will get hopefully a good amount of game time. Um, You spoke about um, your excitement when he joined us. So his record in Estonia was like at at a rate of a goal a game. Yeah, um, uh, he was at Kamara level right now. Um, not quite elite like Kamara is right now, because you know, <laughs> Kamara is every a goal every sixty-one minutes. I think it's sixty-one, sixty-three minutes. Um, you say that's not a train, but he's, he's not know. on a train. He wasn't on a the train there. He was in Estonia, but he's his trainer's become a bit of a slow coach, um, and he just needs that extra fueling, a um, bit more coal in his engine. And Saga will be uh, choo-chooing down the down the track. Yeah. I'm sorry about the train puns. <laughs> Enjoy them. <laughs> that was awful. Um, I'm just going to move swiftly on. Um, it's about Kevin Paredes. Um, last bit uh, of news in this uh, in this segment. Um, Tom, I'm going to come to you because it ruined your lunch, didn't it? It ruined my lunch. Um, <laughs> You know, it's funny because I really like Red Bull Salzburg. I actually nearly did a year abroad studying there. And, you know, part of my family's from uh, the Graz area. So I was like, oh, like Austria. And then I was also like, you know, it's Paredes. I don't want to see Paredes go. But here's the thing. He's really good. He's young. He's only going to get better. And I think we just need to be happy for the time that we have them. And, you know, whether it's a loan, whether it's a full transfer, that's fine. Um, I got my Kevin Paredes jersey already, and I suggest everyone else does the same. <laughs> Get them whilst before he's gone. Yes. Yeah. I'm sure you could, you'd be able to do a custom one when, when he's left, if you really want to uh, hang on to those uh, memories. Oh yeah, it's all it's all about the uh, sort of the the first number or the early number. So if he stays, you know, another year changes his number, then you can be like, oh, I had you had the OG. I had, I had thirty. Yes, KP thirty. <laughs> right. Yeah, taking it, and Messi took influence from that and took it and then, took the same number. And then Messi copied his hero. Yeah, I mean. So for me, KP now stays at number 30 for the rest of his career because of what Messi's done. And, you know, it has to be done. has to be done. Yeah. Um, Daniel, your thoughts on uh, a potential move for Paredes to Austria? Yeah, yeah I mean, look, it's part of soccer. Uh, when these, you know, really talented wonder kids come up and uh, absolutely light it up. You know, you do have that in the back of your head. Okay, yeah, at a certain point, this kid's going to move on to bigger and better things. But, I mean, that's life. And, uh, you know, gosh, I'm I'm not one to, you know, be like, ah, oh, be ter- terrible to lose. Uh, yeah, of course, you know, um, that that's – he's – it's tough to find this age of kid who can make the impact that he makes. Uh, the way he absolutely, uh, gosh, in the Montreal game, uh, the way he harried, uh, one of those Montreal defenders, uh, sort of in a, a weird situation where the, the keeper kind of hit this, uh, or passed a wayward ball that, that didn't quite yeah. end up in the right spot. And, and he, 
absolutely uh, went went Wolverine on the guy. And uh, yeah, man, it's going to be tough to find someone who, one, just has that type of raw energy that matches the intensity. And then, yeah, just the, the general skill that the kid has. Um, I hope it's not an outright transfer. Uh, I hope he gets some experience in Europe and maybe we get a couple more years uh, with him uh, just so that he can get some experience, uh, maybe just get better sort of situational awareness. Cause that's sort of like, you know, if there's a weakness to kind of pick out of his game uh, it is kind of that, that situational uh wherewithal but no uh, God, he's he's just a, a fantastic kid so whatever happens i i hope uh dc makes a, a good amount of money out of it that's that's the business yeah it is it's uh, at some point i'm mean, gonna get to a level where we will be able to keep a hold of these really good prospects that are coming through all the academies and through this mm-hmm. new mls next development league but as it is right now we've got to realize that. I mean, the dream is obviously for a lot of these kids to go out and play in Europe and play with the best clubs in the world, like your Manchester United um, and your Barcelonas and your Borussia Dortmunds, Bayern Munichs, um, your Juventus types of clubs, um, even your Middlesbroughs of this world. You mentioned Middlesbrough before Arsenal. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I've got it. (laughs) <laughs> even, even, I mean, even even your even your arseholes of this world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, there you go, Daniel. Um, and we've got to know the big thing that we need to do is make sure we yes we're we're going to make that initial transfer fee, but we need to make sure with that one they don't go end up coming back to a rival club because we all know Salzburg, Rebel Salzburg, it's part of the Rebel Group, and we all know who what other teams they own, um, especially yeah. one in MLS. We don't want alone coming back to them um, or move to a city group team and going to the other and uh, New Jersey team so you know we don't want that kind of thing to happen so we don't want we want that kind of clause in there and we want a sell on fee as well because yeah. if they're then transferring to another club we want to make money down the road that's how you get your good business but at some point we will get to a level where this league knows that it can keep those kind of players and it will just even elevate the league even further. So for me, I would I don't want him to leave before the end of the year. Right. That's the big I think we need to at least keep him for 2021. If it yeah. means that he moves in January, then so be it. Um, but we need to get this year out of him. Because yeah. we need to keep him whilst the iron's hot. Because he is playing very, very well at the moment. Um and we don't want to lose out on that because we need every player that we've got because you know we'll get everyone fit and then lo and behold, we'll just have another injury crisis yet again. Yeah. I I would like to see a January, maybe a team that sort of needs the help on one of the wings, pick them up in January for a loan. And yeah. then, you know, hopefully, hopefully he does well. Yeah, definitely. Right. Um, we're moving to uh, the match catch up time. Uh, so last week's game, uh, as you guys know, you will have seen on the old Twitter feed or any social medias that I unfortunately didn't catch up with this game because right after the podcast last week, um, I ended up being very, very ill, like unbelievably ill, so sick that um, I ended up in the bathroom for the rest of the night after recording. So yeah. 
Yeah, that was a that was a bit of a bad weekend. So I didn't catch up with the game. I did feel better on the evening of the game. And instead of thinking, ah, it'll be fine, I'll just watch the game. I thought, you know what? Best to get the sleep in. Make sure I am. Run off. Yeah. yeah. So it's the first game I've missed all season. But I have got some stats for you guys, um, as always. So let's run down the stats for the game. So obviously the score, we won 2-1, um, as Tom rightly predicted. Uh, Possession-wise, we had 48.9% uh, to Montreal's 51.1%. Shots, we had a grand total of 18 to their 6. Uh, we had 8 on target to their 2. Uh, we were only caught offside the once um, to their 3 times. Fouls, we committed 16 fouls and they committed 13 fouls. And then the expected goals for this game was we were expected to score 1.5 goals and they were expected to score 0.6. So the result was correct. The fact that we won this game, we did outplay them. But this is now obviously you guys to talk about the game because, you know, I've only seen the highlights. I didn't really get a true reflection of what the, how the game went. So how did it go? Well, you know, here's the thing. Uh, 16 minutes in, Nashville drew first blood. And- Nashville? Nashville. Nashville. <laughs> He's getting ready for next week. He's getting ready for next, yeah, next, game. next yeah. week. This is where his yeah, predictions go. Going up in here. Um, no, so Montreal drew first blood, and it was it was a nice little goal by uh, Zachary Gillard, and uh, you know there there was a time, and maybe and I did feel this, you know, sort of after that was like, oh boy, you know, this is there was a time before this where DC. As soon as the other team scored the first goal, uh, DC almost kind of like curled up into their shell and it wasn't necessarily attack, attack, attack. It was always just, oh, please, God, don't let them score again. Um, and, and that was, you know, whether that was kind of like a Benny ball thing or if it was just, you know, not necessarily having the right mentality. But uh, what happened in this game was a complete shift after the fact. So a lot of it was uh, very back and forth. Uh, the first half, um, not a ton of action aside from that first goal. Uh, but we did get Andy Nahar with a sweet little assist from uh, Julian Gressel, where, where we came and tied it up in the 40th minute. And that was kind of like the start of something. It felt different at that point. I was like, okay, I felt yeah. kind of good going into that uh, second half. So uh, from there, um, obviously, Ola came in, scored his next goal, <laughs> you know, uh, added to his tally and put us ahead 2-1. And I couldn't believe it because you you never really saw that before where a team drew first blood and then DC would come back and, and get the win. You know, best we could really hope for uh, was maybe to tie it up. But to see them not only tie it up, but also get the win – uh, was really incredible and and they kept going too like i said even late in the game you had uh you had scundrich going in for an absolute rocket and kind of getting a good look at it too uh yeah he kind of came in uh I, th- I think a rebound uh kind of shot type of thing it was it was rolling to him but uh yeah he had to go and and it, I don't think it was a very well uh, on target shot, but uh, yeah, he even had to go. And this team just like kept going after the fact, and and that just shows 
the mentality reset that Losada has brought in. And really, that is my main takeaway from this game is that this team, not saying that they were quitters before, but this is a uh, no quit whatever whatever is going to come against us you know they're going to absolutely answer it and then win so that i think that was just a really great statement from them and probably a big reason why the league respects this team now yeah i was just looking back on your notes tom you mentioned something about um brion and how well he played in that game so go for it yeah what, i mean what was good about him He's such a commanding. It's so it's interesting. He's such a commanding player in that back line, and he's not like your your massive center back that's gonna knock everyone down. But like he's got he's got some grit on him, and he will step forward into any 50-50 with you know an iron knee, and he's fantastic. I thought. Yeah, I thought he controlled that back line that they have currently. I want that same back line every time. Yeah. And then there's the whole thing about Kempen as well. So obviously he let that go yeah. then, but he only got tested one at a time. What was yes. what was his performance overall like? So I <laughs> big sigh. Um no, I mean he's he's good. The goal we can see this, it's unlucky. The guy was clearly trying to cross it and it just hit the, you know, it just Kempin wasn't ready for it. And yeah. that happens. But yeah, I'm I'm certainly more nervous with him and goal than Bill. So hopefully Bill will get healthy soon and we'll see him back out. I otherwise, I mean, with the game. Game was great. I thought we were gonna honestly be up for nothing in the first like twenty minutes because we had so many shots. Um, Paredes nearly scored like eight minutes in. He had a he had a pretty good one on one and went near post. Um, but the Andy Nahar goal, I really took notice into mainly because you see, I like to look when there's a set piece goal. I like to see who's doing what and like, did they mean it? <laughs> mm-hmm. And you can tell that this was a play that they planned out, yeah. which is really cool. So you saw that there was Andy Nahar and he has Alfaro next to him. Hmm. And Alfaro is running with the defender and pushes Andy. So creating creating Andy to be in the space while Ola Kamara ran in front. And the guy that was guarding Andy sees Ola and goes with Ola, and Andy's just there by himself. And okay. you know, I was just like, "Oh, I was like, maybe they did, maybe they did mean this." Um, but I, I don't know. I, it was a great goal, and you know, Alfaro, he's he's a new signing, and I think he's been great. He's one of those supporting cast members where I'm like, that dude has been fantastic for this team, and yeah, I I want to see him in the starting lineup regularly. Okay, I'm I'm a little bit on the fence about Alfaro because I think he, really, yeah, for me, he's not been consistent enough. So mm-hmm. you look at some of the performance. He, he yeah, he has a great performance in him. He can do very very well, but he also has that moments of madness in him. So you look at. Yeah. <laughs> 
oh, I can't remember which game it was, but we were pushing up and I think we were tied 1-1. And it's coming to the sort of the closing moments of the game. And you just see Alfaro just, he sees the ball in midfield, easily taken care of by the midfield. Like Moreno, Canals, whoever was that, they could have easily taken care of it. Now, Alfaro has to bump up. Obviously, that means the midfielders are going to leave it. Alfaro just doesn't get anywhere near it. The opposing, te- opposing team then plays the ball over the top where Alfaro should have been, and we go and concede a goal. So he has that in him. And then that's the bit I'm. Yeah. I get a little bit nervous about is the fact that he has, still has that in him and I'm not sure what whether he's a, a regular starter when we've got a full fully fit back line yeah because I think we talked about it um, a couple of shows ago Daniel who would be our back our back line mm-hmm. and for me it was it was going to be like Heinzeich Pines and Birnbaum that would be my my back three right there um, Alfaro wouldn't wouldn't would be on the bench. That's yeah. that's how I see him. So, yeah, for me, I yeah. was that little bit of a play was a little bit shaky. Yeah, I mean, I think while there are people out currently, he should. I think he should occupy that spot. Just, yeah. I mean, especially with last game, I just felt that he was very confident and he wasn't making mistakes. He seemed very good. So it's yeah. gonna be a learning process for him throughout the season. Yeah. So I'm, I'm happy for him not to make mistakes. Obviously, it's, it's yeah. great. <laughs> the less mistakes, the better. Um, but yeah, it's and you, you talk about the confidence, and you talk about those kind of things. And I know a big phrase that's been used up a lot recently is momentum, and how great the momentum is behind the club right now. And now Oleg Mara, um, in his hype train of a uh, press conference. Um, use the use the word momentum and how good it's been. And I know you talked about it in your notes about are we going to take this momentum into the next match? Um, and the fact that we've had the extra rest in midweek, we've not had that midweek game that we've had recently. Are we going to take this momentum that we've got at the moment into Nashville, Tom? And are we going to bring back three points? Yeah, so, I mean, that's my prediction. I think we're going to, I, I did well with a 2-1 win last time, so I went with a 2-1 win again this time. Um, I think it's going to be close, mainly because Nashville's got a rough recent record, while DC's got a great one. DC's had the extra rest, but yeah, I think they're going to keep the fire going, um, and we'll probably have, you know, go up 2-1, in like the 60, 70th, and then we're just going to hold on for dear life. Oh. But yeah, I think DC United is going to win it. Fair. And just to kind of give you guys out there just that rounded, rounded feeling about what's going to happen this weekend. We've got a couple of notes about how Nashville have been doing recently. Yeah. Um, they've got two points out of the last nine, um, and they've recently been beaten by into Miami. There is that dramatic pause there for a reason. It's into Miami, the 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 pink flamingo herons or whatever they have on their shirts. The, the fact Phil that they're Neville in, long bottoms. Oh, honestly, being beat by being beat by Phil Neville team. That's got to be really embarrassing. So you're gonna we're gonna be wary of that backlash there. And um, they've only won once in the last five games. 
that was against Cincinnati. So that's not really a difficult thing. I know we made it difficult for ourselves. We got that tie, but we had extenuating some circumstances with that. Um, but they've only had one defeat um, in the last five and three ties. So they've obviously we've talked about that defeat that they've had. Um, their three games that they tied were against uh, Columbus Crew, Toronto, and New England Revolution. And the other thing that we're going to be wary of is they are the king of the draws in this league. They have had 10 draws so far, which is the most in MLS. And they, at home so far, they've had six wins and five ties. So, and they're unbeaten at home. So a victory on paper looks quite unlikely. But if there's going to be any team that's going to be able to do it, it's going to be us, isn't it, Daniel? Let me give you one <laughs> stat here. I don't know. I don't know if you've kept up with this or, or if you have any knowledge off the top of your head, but there is only one team this year that has a winning road record. Do you know what that team is? Us. Anyone? DC? Uh, no. It's definitely not DC. <laughs> I was just going to throw that in. I had to. You know. uh, New England. No. Nashville. It's actually, it's, it's NYCFC. And mostly because they're, it's it's the fact that they're playing away from a baseball stadium that oh, okay, is probably yeah. giving them a, oh, they, they come into an away stadium and they're like, oh, this is a real soccer field. Oh, this feels nice. Oh, Where's this, the is, sand? this doesn't matter. Yeah, you can yeah, see the games at Red Bull Arena concrete. as well. Yeah, <laughs> true. But, you know, here's the thing. This is, a, you know, there was a stat that went out and I, I feel bad that I can't find it. But there is, it's it's not necessarily a team problem, it's a league problem, but there is such a significant home field advantage uh, mm. for league-wide oh, yeah. um, that since 2015, I want to say that the uh, home records for all teams is something like 75%. And then you're, you're going down to 25%, uh, you know, obviously for, for those uh, road records. And then, you know, you're only looking at like 52% for draws. So you, you, this is a significant factor that's kind of influencing where I'm going. And I'm also going to say my number two factor in this game is CJ Sapong. Um, as, as far as I followed this team, uh, CJ uh, just tends to kind of come alive uh, when he plays DC. So uh, for, you know, what it's worth, I, I don't think they're going to give up more than one goal. Uh, but I believe Sapong will get that goal. Uh, and, and you know what? It's, it's going to be the way that left side of Nashville kind of works together between Levitz, McCarty, and Sapong. Uh, you know, two of, the, two of those guys are, are they're good players. And, and they're a big reason why Nashville has, has had a pretty explosive first season there. So I am going to say that, you know, it's going to be really tough going into that stadium. And I tell you what, you know, Nashville uh, has, has grown a really nice atmosphere. Hmm. And that is a soccer hungry town. You've even seen it uh, kind of before the team came along, they had some national team games and, and they showed up. It's going to be a loud game. It's going to be a, a rowdy stadium. Uh, and, and somehow, you know, uh, Alfaro is going to, or at least that's how I think that's going to line up is going to have to figure out something, uh, how to, how to deal with Sapong or, or, you know, uh, for what it's worth, like, you know, uh, 
Lasada is going to have to figure out how to lock him down. And, and the fact that, uh, uh, Nashville kind of lines up in, in a very aggressive, uh, three, five, two is, is going to be a tough thing. And this is going to be a battle of like, who's going to get that positioning, you know, is, is our high press, you know, it, you know, is our midfield up to the task of kind of locking down Nashville uh, and, and how is Nashville going to kind of respond to that? So that is kind of my big key factor there is, is locking down Sapong and, you know, Kempen has to be on top of his game and I think we can get a goal out of this. I think we'll get a goal from Kamara and we will come out with this one, one draw going to be anticlimactic uh but i will be very happy coming away from nashville with one point fair enough i mean i again i wouldn't i wouldn't complain with a point because it means we haven't been beat obviously but you know what as always as every single prediction so far this season it's a win for dc united obviously it's a i'm going with tom's prediction on this one it, it is a 2-1 for me as well mainly because as We've both said they don't concede too many goals, but it's going to be a close game. It's not going to be like your your four two that we did against the crew. It's going to be it's going to be two one. I'm I'm seeing a very tight game. I'm seeing plenty of fouls in this game as well. Yeah. Um, I'm seeing Jesus in the stands um, ah. because yep. you know they they have their guitaring Jesus. I don't know. I think I think that's what it is. I think that was a guitar of Moses. Uh, yes, it's a guitar and religious Moses. figure, isn't it? Yes, it is Moses, though. Yeah, because in Nashville, I mean, Jesus, that's a little sacrilegious, right there. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> whoops. You know them, them Southern boys. You don't touch Jesus uh, or George Bush <laughs> or George Bush. Exactly. <laughs> a little fact: I've met him. I, I, really? I yeah, I, I've seen him. He came yeah. to Aberdeen. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've actually shook hands and spoken to George Bush. Junior or senior? Um, junior. Okay. Yes. Um, so we'll just go off a little sidetrack here, just to give you a little story. So back when I was 15, so this has gone back many, many years ago now. Um, when Bush was president and we had Tony Blair as our prime minister. Yep. Ugh, those were the it's all coming back to me, great, great times yay um so tony blow he his constituency his area um was where i lived um i think brilliant yay um and he thought what a great idea to bring george bush to his local town that he doesn't live in or have been for many years um and he brought went to the local pub. So there's a picture of George Bush drinking a pint, which is quite hilarious. Um, and he decided to come to the local school to see what the uh, local kids were all up to. Uh, little things about how you got into and out of the our town, Stroke Village, because it's on the border, whether it's a village or a town. Um, you had to go through the back of a police van. So you couldn't just drive in and you couldn't just drive out. You had to go to the race course get into the back of a police van and be escorted out, which was hilarious. That was just like, what are we doing? Um, every manhole cover was uh, welded shut. Oh, wow. Yeah, so because it was just after, uh, so it would have been 2003. So, um, Okay, yeah. So you can kind of understand the reasons behind the extra security levels, basically. Yeah. 
Um, so we get to get to the day that he's coming in and we're all taken to assembly and there's a lot of us who were chosen to do different things. So a lot of kids were chosen to do football. Um, a lot of kids were doing gym stuff. Um, the other kids were doing just standing there and just waving American flags. Um, I was chosen to be a teacher for the day, which was, I was like, Oh, okay. And I was teaching uh, PE. So we were doing soccer practice and in this assembly, I was taken away and was going, right. So there's certain things that you can and can't do uh, when he arrives. Mm-hmm. And I was like, right, okay, what, what is that? There's certain phrases you're not allowed to say. So, right. Okay, so we're playing football. So what can't I say? You can't say shoot. It's like, yep. Right, okay, yep. but we're doing shooting <laughs> practice. So how am I going to do that? Um, and then there's, a, you can't say bomb it down the wing. <laughs> that's the one I remember that is my favourite yes <laughs> I can't say bomb down I'm like what I'm like what are you doing to me I'm 15 I'm just I'm just like alright whatever so I love how specific that is too <laughs> that's very good so it comes up and we get to the end of the end of this uh, meeting and like right okay so when you rise just make sure you say hello sir how are you sir make sure you use the words sir it's like okay yeah, yeah. no worries yeah i remember that i'd be the northerner the friendly northern bloke uh friendly northern lad that I was at the time so you see him he arrives in his uh in his chopper um that lands in the school field he gets the armor plate car which is about that thick of armor he's then walking down and the teacher the teacher who who teaches me PE there's me and I we're just stood next to each other we're swearing our heads off because we were absolutely pooing ourselves uh, because you're just seeing all these security guards you're seeing the secret service you're seeing everything weird yeah Uh, and then you look at the school roof oh you just know just your friendly friendly snipers pointing at you probably what is going on? He walks down. He opens the gate. The walk-in. Tony Blair comes up, shakes hands. And then George Bush comes up, shake hands. And he says, hello. And I say, hey, you all right there? How are you doing? Forgot I said, sir, or anything like that. I was like, yeah, you're all right. How are you doing? And he just looks at me and just like, <laughs> and just glares at me. And I'm like, I mean, to be fair, mate, you're just another bloke. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care that you're the president of the United States. I'm you're, you're just you're just another person to me, and and it is awful uh, talking on a podcast that mainly goes out to America. But I'm sorry if you're a fan of George Bush, but the stereotype about him being a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. I met uh, I met Clinton when I was about five, five or six. Nice. Um, and I was dressed as a reindeer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Why were yeah, you dressed as my, a reindeer? I'm guessing it was Christmas. Or were you yeah, just yeah, dressed so as a reindeer for fun? It was for, <laughs> It was July. <laughs> um, because my dad used to work for Reuters as uh, editor, so he was on the on the DC office for it. And so you know they invite all the press and whatnot to the parties so we got invited and um i don't think i knew who he was but i, I found out later there's a picture 
I'll, I'll send you it if I find it. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've got a picture of me meeting George Bush, so I'll send that to you. I mean, just be wary. It's a lot younger. I have hair and <laughs> I am incredibly skinny and very white. I mean, oh, that's okay. bottle white. <laughs> Let's put it that way. You need sunglasses if you were looking at me. Let's put it that way. Right. Anyway, let's get back onto football, I, shall we? Well, I was I was about to answer or ask a question Go about Tony Blair, but then I got my uh, English prime ministers confused, and and that question does not apply. Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. So let's let's move on. Uh, well, let's just wrap up the predictions. So Daniel, you're a one-one. Yes. Tom, you're a two-one. Mm-hmm. and I'm a 2-1 so we'll find out on the next episode whether we're right or we're wrong it's a tie we're never going to hear the end of it no no don't <laughs> oh don't. I'm going to and here's the thing I, I, I said hey here's your here's your in I, I lobbied for you I was it's your true. advocate Tom I was your it's advocate. just a very personal thing to pick a tie <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, <laughs> but I mean, I it, hey, once I got those stats about you know sort of like yeah. league wide yeah. road rec- like that is shocking, and and I don't know how that compares to other leagues and whatnot, but yeah, that that really uh, threw me for a loop. And I suppose it depends also whether we play in the black and red or we play in marble as well, because we've only had one win in marble so far. Oof! But that was the last game. Yeah, we were in marble, so. True. Yeah, we're on a, uh, a a streak at the moment. I would say in marble jerseys, if you can call a one-game winning streak a streak. Anyway, should we answer some fan questions? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, a friend of mine um, who works at the same company as I do. Um, his name's Adam, and he actually won the um, jersey at the start of the season. Um, he does the thing called the Hopeless Wanderer podcast, which is a podcast about um, football over here, um, whether it's in England or whether it's Europe or it's football in general. Um, but he's asked, who surprised you the most in MLS this season? So, Tom, I'm going to come to you first. I'm trying to not be biased, but it's it's Ola Kamara. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I think I think, I think I, it has to be Ola Kamara. I, I hate to be like, well, it's you know our, our top scorer, um, but no, I mean, considering what change he's made from last season to this season, and he's in the race for the Golden Boot. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, he's my my go to for sure. Yeah. I mean, you've gone from him scoring just the three goals last year to scoring a goal every 62, 63 minutes. And it's not a case that he's just been coming off the bench every now and again and just getting a goal every few games. It's the fact that he's starting games and he's still got that record. It's fantastic. He's got Um, that finesse shot just perfect every time now. Oh, he is just... Straight out of FIFA. (laughs) I mean, you you look back to his first goal for the club on his debut against the um, New Jersey Metro Stars. That was mm-hmm. a, a proper finesse into that top Great. corner. Yeah. Um, and he's just continued ever since doing that, apart from last season. Um, Daniel, who surprised you most in MLS this season? Well, considering, you know, yeah, uh, Kamara has come a long way. And, and y- you know, I was convinced at a certain point, like he was going to be an absolute bust. So not to kind of keep kind of repeating, even though this is the 
uh, Kamara hype train. Um, you know, I, I'm going to go with uh, Moses Nyman. Um, oh, fantastic. That's a surprise. Yeah, and and really, uh, as as I've said, just I am totally behind this kid. Just uh, with the maturity and kind of sharpness he shows on the field, uh, he's a kid who who I want. You know, kind of like a. I, I hope he he's kind of like a, a longtime DC United guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's he's got kind of a, a really bright future ahead of him. Obviously, like Paredes uh, is is you know, another super bright youngster. And um, yeah, you know, I, I hope we keep more of these young kids than we lose. Um, but yeah, uh, Nyman is going to be someone I'm going to watch for, for a good long while. Yeah, definitely. And I was just thinking about young players there and, and not even DC related. So this is going to be a surprise. Um, it's that guy, that kid from uh, SKC, Cowell. Oh. He has been an absolute revelation for them this yeah. season. He's been fantastic. So he's been a, a massive surprise for me. Um, for someone so young to be able to, he took that responsibility on right at the beginning of the season and he just rolls with it. Um, so for me, he's been a, a nice little surprise. And uh, another one, I'm just going to throw another one. Gabriel Heinz, how bad he was. Mm. And his... Is um questionable coaching methods. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I knew he was a bit of a hothead, but it was surprising how hot-headed he was and um the lack of um water giving in the training sessions. I think that was um one of the big things that came out from after he left from I think Martinez was saying how they just weren't allowed to have a, like a water break or anything like that. They just had to keep training and training and they just yeah. had nothing left. I'm, I mean, I'm in I'm in the Maryland DC area, and a thing with the Maryland football team happened where you know someone died, and it's like you can't you can't be doing that. What? That is <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah, completely got dehydrated, had heat stroke. Oh, terrible. Yeah, Gabriel Gabriel Hines. He's, he pushed them too much and it's like yeah you want to get results but you also need to care about (laughs) the players yes definitely and and kind of going along that lines uh you know another kind of terrible bit of news that's coming out of dc is the uh richie burke situation Mm -hmm. with the washington spirit um the article comes from the washington post but uh yeah i retreat i retweeted it earlier today and uh boy that is that is a tough tough read because um man you know there's there's coaching tough and and expecting a lot from your players which is you know very much kind of like the approach that uh losada takes but then you know there is there's too many coaches out there uh, and this is not a new thing, but there are, there are coaches who are glorified for taking it that step too far. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whether or not like, you know, hey, you know, there's this weird sort of uh, encroachment of like Navy SEALs or like military people who are like consulting uh, businesses and organizations and whatnot. And it's like, I don't know if these are people who are kind of like taking a lot of really tough uh, lessons to heart and like 
taking it too too far uh because because you just kind of see this guy and and the methods he took with these players um is is, is awful uh yeah and so you were talking about kind of like these water breaks well like you know these these women they they almost kind of feared taking water breaks because he would kind of use that as an opportunity to like berate them in front of their teammates and and you know not necessarily you know about missing chances or whatever but like absolutely calling you know them awful awful names and then um you know uh basically threatening their their livelihoods and their jobs uh right on the spot and so yeah no that that sucks and and good that these you know you know sort of toxic coaches are being um ousted he hasn't been fully ousted from the spirit i think he he's resigned but he's still he's been moved to like a front office yeah position so no it sucks uh the spirit should absolutely uh you know get rid of this guy uh because he he even had this uh behavior in the youth level and these were stories that were corroborated and and that's that's absolutely shameful yeah i mean i'm sure i saw something about that before in a little while ago and i was surprised that he was still hired as coach and you think and those accusations that don't generally yeah have a reason just for a random accusation so at that kind of level it was just it then just got swept into the carpet and now obviously this has come out and he's been found out rightly yeah yeah and i mean big props to the to the players that are speaking out i mean that's tough to do in general. Yeah, absolutely. Um, right. Next question. Uh, moving on from uh, from that is from uh, David. Uh, Ooh, wait, one oh. sec. Sorry. Sorry, guys. I got to do one thing. Yeah. Um, which we'll, we'll carry on without you. We'll move on. <laughs> Yeah. So Daniel, uh, so David has asked. um, So David is from DC Night Kingdom. He's in the group. Um, So if you're not part of the group, come and join us because the chat is absolutely insane at the moment. Every single day, my watch is going off like an absolute, I won't say that word. I had to refer to a banshee. A banshee. Yeah, a banshee. Yes. Yes. Um, so come and join us. Uh, head to dcnightkingdom.com forward slash membership. Um, you can get yourself a, an exclusive member t shirt if you become a paid member. Or uh, if you don't want to become a paid member and you want to buy some merch, get yourself a little flag um, or something like this. I don't think you can get this kind of um, shirt anymore, but if you want one, let me know and I can, I'll get one, get one made for you. Oh, I um, want one. You want one of these? <laughs> Yeah. I'll, I'll get one made up for you um, it will be slightly different logo on the front because this is uh, the old logo where yeah. I no longer have the stars anymore um, I did drop those because it was just taking up too much room. Um, but anyway um, I was just about to go on to David's question that he asked which was is Felipe Martins permanently reduced to a sub role in the Lasada system so when Canals returns who sits on the bench is it Canals or is it Felipe and for me, Canals is a, a guaranteed starter. Yeah. It would be Canals and Moreno. I would love to love it. Uh, I'm going to do my best Kevin Keegan impression. I would love it um, if it was Canals and Nyman. That's mm-hmm. uh, that's who I would love to have yeah, that's a good as, as a good mid central midfield 
But the way Moreno is playing at the moment, he's playing really, really well. So a Canals Moreno or a Canals Nyman, that would be my uh, starting two central midfielders. Yeah, um, I think it's Moreno's. Once Canals comes back, it's Moreno's spot to lose. Yeah, um, I love Canals. I mean, I said last last week that I want to see him play. I want to see him drop back and play center back. <laughs> um, but you know, I. If it happens, it happens, but it probably won't. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd see that Canos and Nyman pairing being really good. Um, but, you know, for Felipe, he's he's a good player, but he hasn't really played this season. I mean, no, he's not. He's, I know he's had um, that major injury at the end of last year. Yeah. Um, and whether it's just been a case he struggled to come back from that, and obviously it's a brand new system that he's suddenly come, come back into, um, whether he's just struggled to adapt. Um, I love the guy. I think he's absolutely a brilliant person. And I've loved what he's done since he's joined the club. I think he's been a fantastic servant. But um, yeah, I don't think he's now in in the shape to be a starter anymore. It's we've had players who've took their opportunities, like Moreno has. He's really come on leaps and bounds since he's come back from international duty. So, Daniel, um, any thoughts on that? Is Felipe? permanently on the bench yeah you know look uh i he is a guy who i think we all as a podcast as a people in a supporter group uh i think we all love him uh being on the team um but you're right it's just uh, you know he's a he's a great guy he's a great enforcer to bring out uh you know if if the other team needs to kind of be put in place uh if he needs to crack some skulls uh, he's the guy to kind of get out there. I think he he offers a certain kind of spark at that in those moments uh, to fire up the team. Um, but yeah, no, I I just I don't see him as that ninety to or you know seventy five to ninety minute guy. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? It's it's yeah. a shame, but he's he's on the wrong side of thirty as well now. Yeah. It's just one of those things. Um, but if it means that he winds down his career at DC United as a backup player, I'm happy for it. I'm all for it because he's, yes. it'd be a great player in the dressing room and to have around the youngsters and show them that actually there's a way to do grit in the game and uh-huh. he will be the great player to actually show them how to do that. Um, next question, I came over from Instagram, uh, Quantico2005, if you want to go and head over and follow them, um, has asked, what would make a successful season or what would be the bare minimum from DC United? What would be a successful season for us? Um, I would say, uh, I mean, it's hard because it's Lasada's first year, right? Yeah. But it's also been very good. I think, you know, Top top of the line, top of the line. I'm very happy with the season. Is we make playoffs without being worried in the last you know three weeks. Yeah. Um, I would be very happy with that. And then you know I'll I'll take anything above that too. Yeah. If, if we if we push in playoffs, that's great. So that's, um, so that's successful. So what is the bare minimum for the season? What would be good? I mean. I mean, <laughs> uh, 
We could lose our last, I mean, I'm in the point where we could lose like our last eight games straight and I would be like, still a pretty good season. You know, like we could lose, we could lose. Yeah. Yeah. And I would be like, you know, it's tough. It's LaSalle's first year, but we have to look at the positives. Um, I would like to see us eight playoffs. Cool. Daniel. Yeah. What is a successful season for you then? Honestly, <laughs> uh, my bare minimum successful season is honestly like five games ago. Uh, I coming into this season, I you even saw it for me. In fact, like I have changed my tune uh, so thoroughly. Yeah. And while I'm still on that, you know, somewhat negative level, uh, this team has has. It, it's it's galvanized me to a to a point where like I suddenly feel happy uh, coming into games. Um, so yeah, you know they they've reached my bare minimum, and and like Tom said, uh, you know, barring catastrophe, like yeah, we've already gotten there. But yeah, if they if they lose the next game, honestly, I I, I don't think that's even possible. Uh, Lasada has brought this team. Um, kind of from the brink of, of wherever they were uh, at the beginning of the season. And he has made them just the tightest group of fighters. And um, it's just, it's a total tonal shift uh, from last year to this year. And to be completely honest, yeah, like my, my minimum has been surpassed by miles. Uh, so at this point, yeah, you know, it, I already think it's successful. I, I don't see it. I don't see this team slipping, uh, to be honest, like below the playoff line. So, yeah, I'm happy uh, where they're at. Uh, do I think there's an MLS Cup run in them? I, I wouldn't even go that far at, the, at this point. So, you know, I mean, if, if they get quarterfinals, hey, I'm, I'm a happy little sailor over here. Yeah. So that's 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 where I'm at. Yeah, uh, for me, it's again. I I'm going to echo what you said about bare minimum being already reached. I think we're already there. We've already beaten 2020. Yeah, we're already there, so that's great. And the the success story for me so far this year has been how Lasada's changed the mindset. Not even just the results. It's just the fact that we've changed the mindset. One, the players knowing that they can go out and outscore the opponent. But two, he's changed the mindset of the fans as well, yeah. knowing that your pessimism now, Daniel, is a draw. It's not a defeat, <laughs> it's a draw. <laughs> We've gone from being yeah. way down here to being to about here. And yeah. by the end of the season, you'll be up here. Oh, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. But when playoffs come, you know, we'll we'll oh. see where I'm at. But oh boy. Yeah, it's gonna be a ride. Yeah. I think a successful season would be making the playoffs. And a really successful season would be making it past the first round. Yeah. That's, that's going to yeah. be when, when we make the playoffs, the next target, because targets change throughout the year. And that's what we've seen. We saw what Lasada said um, on the podcast at the beginning of the season, that the season was a transitional season. He wasn't expecting anything from it. He was just expecting to see the philosophy change. There was, there was no expectation on results. There was no expectation on league standings. Now we've got to mid-August and we're talking about 
we're pretty much there for the playoffs. We're already talking about how how far are we going to go in the playoffs now, rather than thinking are we going to make it. So for me, now is the the next successful step is how far do we go? How do we make it past that first round? Do we break that duck of the Ben Olsen area era where we couldn't get it past the first game? Even if we make it past the first game, then what's the next step? What's the next step? Do we take it one game at a time or do we go, we're in the playoffs, we're, we're going all the way. That's, would that be the success? Anything else would be unsuccessful. That's That's got to be the next sort of discussion that we have. And we'll have that discussion later on in the year when we've, when we've made that line and we get into the, we've guaranteed the playoff positions, I think. So that's, that's my view anyway. That was quite a bit of a take on that. I went, I went, yeah, off, no. on, I went off on a bit. No, you're right. I was at that, I was at that Columbus game. Um, good. That was the year my dad and I got season tickets. And oh, that was the, was, the extra time one. Yeah. That was um, a great game. Yeah, really good game. Fantastic. Really good game. But I was just like, like, we get here, they fought their way to get into the playoffs, and they fought and got home field advantage in the game against Columbus. And it's oh oh, so mad that day. Yeah, I remember staying up and watching that game. And I I must have gone to bed at like half three, four o'clock in the morning because of the fact that I went extra time and I went to penalties. And I just remember just watching it and seeing Deleon score that equaliser. Oh my Lord. I went absolutely ballistic in here. I was just going crazy. It was just the atmosphere. And it wasn't just the fact that the atmosphere was coming from the supporter group stand, the Chico stand. It was the fact that it was coming from everywhere. Everywhere was loud. And that genuinely, that came through on the broadcast as well. And I just had... The hairs on my arms were standing on edge. The back of my neck was just going goosebumpy. It was just... Oh it's, oh, it's amazing. I would love to have been there. That would have been something else. Absolutely. It was, yeah. It's, it's, Audi Field is really nice because you just have... It doesn't matter where you sit in Audi Field. Yeah. You're going to have a good view of the game. Yeah. And that's, that's like the symbol of it. I went to... I remember going to the games when it was our the first season there. Back. Mm. There you go. Nice. Marvel. Yeah. Nice. I didn't, I didn't get a soda cup. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, and you know, the club level where they have, they now have those nice little bar areas, mm. lounges. Um, you know, we were playing games and we still had the tractors all the dump trucks and everything under that were still building what? the stadium. Yeah. yeah because they didn't finish in time. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, right. A, a bit like uh, uh, Sacra Field. Yeah. <laughs> There's a theme going on here with uh, DC stadiums here. Don't they just never get finished? Yeah. Uh, no. Actually, it's, it's a DC theme. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> in yeah. Right. Anywhere. We've got one last question to answer. And this is, comes from long-time listener, Rithik Patel. Um, so thank you for sending that one, this one in. Um, and I, to be honest, I think we've pretty much already answered it. So we're just going to get some final thoughts on this. So 
thoughts on um, one shop's arrival and the KP to Red Bull, Red Bull, Red Bull Salzburg rumors. So, Tom, uh, final thoughts on the uh, one shop arrival. Uh, I'm fine with the arrival. If you know we have an injury, I'll be happy that we have him and yeah. we didn't spend a million on it. So. Yeah. Fair. It's good for us. <laughs> cool. And then Daniel, I'm going to come to you about the second half of that question, which is the final thoughts on the KP2 Salzburg rumors. Yeah, you know, like I said, uh Paredes, I I I hope the world for him. Um I I hope he ends up wearing Arsenal red at some point. Uh that would be fantastic. Um yeah, and and as far as the other part, you know, um I I hope uh, Sorga gets some much needed experience. Uh, you know, he's a young talent. I hope he, he develops well. Uh, and I think this is more of a thing that that'll push Reina than, um, Kamara. Cause Kamara is coming on his own. Uh, Reina, you know, it took a while for him to find his stride, but he did have a couple good recent performances. So hopefully this is something that like keeps him sharp. Uh, and, and yeah, like you said, uh, nice, nice sub to have up top, uh, for when that's needed. Absolutely. Cool. Well, that comes us to an end now. So I just want to thank you guys again for coming on, um, for taking the time to come out and do this recording. Um, even though it failed on the live, um, and apparently nobody could hear you. I mean, I could hear you, but anyhow, this technology is a wonderful thing. Um, but for the good guys over at home who are listening or watching this on YouTube or wherever it is, um, Daniel, where can they find you online? Instagram and Twitter, S Dakota soccer. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to chop it up with anyone. Like it's, it's just, I love talking about the game and, uh, yeah, come for the spicy memes. I love it. Spicy memes. <laughs> there you go. Um, and Tom for yourself, where can people find you as well? Sure. So mainly on Twitter at Snitch McConnell and that if, if you guys don't know the joke behind that name, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's way over my head, so that's fine. Um, I'm happy it's, for it to go over my head. It's, uh, it's a name that me and my buddies joke about Snitch McConnell, um, which is based off of Mitch McConnell. Oh, and, and I, I, <laughs> I, I okay. yeah, I knew it the second you came and I was like, okay, yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Mitch McConnell, I'm guessing, the name rings a bell and I'm, I'm guessing it, US politics? Uh-huh. Yes, I will okay. send you a couple, I will send you a couple memes. Nice. I, I will enjoy, I do enjoy good meme. A spicy so, meme. A, a good spicy meme. So yeah, follow me at Snitch McConnell on Twitter. Um, I put a lot about football in general. Um, a little bias towards DC United and Manchester United, just a little. But otherwise, love the beautiful game. There you go. Um, and then for myself, if you're weirdly not following me on any social media, then uh, rude. Uh, but um, if you want to come and follow me on Twitter, it's at DC United Kingdom. On Instagram and Facebook, it's DC United Kingdom FC. Um, as we spoke about earlier in the show, um, we do have a DC United Kingdom group. So please do come and join us. It is on uh, Twitter uh, for the private chat. So if you want to come and join the mailing list as well, there is that. Um, just head over to dcunitedkingdom.com forward slash 
membership. Um, and if you want to come and support the show, there's many different ways of doing it. Um, there's a link, uh, bio.link for slash D Snack Kingdom, but there is things like merchandise, uh, T-shirts, um, wall tapestry or flag, however you want to put it, pine glasses, socks, you name it, there's things that I've just seen I can uh, create some uh, lovely bucket hats as well now. So if you want to get proper English, well, I'll do a DC UK bucket hat. How about that? Brilliant. Um, but uh, that is it for the show. Um, and once again, thank you, Tom and Daniel, for coming on and taking the time to come and talk to me about the black and red. And uh, for you guys listening out there, thank you very much. Um, if you're watching, give us a little subscribe, like the video, um, share it with your friends. And until next time, Vamos United. Wait, wait real quick. Oh, oh. Real quick. Have you hit Go. stop? I have not hit stop. You can carry. What is your name? Shout out to Jay, Dave Johnson. This was something I just learned about today. I don't know if this was prior announced, uh, but he is currently battling multiple sclero- sclerosis. And yes. uh, he had a really touching uh, uh, Twitter post today uh, about, you know, sort of his experience, um, you know, sort of his mother dealing with MS. And uh, now he is dealing with it. And that was shocking to me to uh, find out about that. So, man, uh, great guy. Does not deserve that at all. Uh, but I, I am praying for him uh, and his. And uh, yeah, he he had, um, you know, some links for, for donating to MS Research and then the uh, Bike MS uh, charity. So yeah, uh, if you get, if you have some spare change uh, and you can give a donation, uh, go ahead and do that. And and we, we wish the best for you, Dave. Yeah, absolutely. We do wish you well, all Dave. the best. Yeah. Um, so thank you for that, Daniel. That was actually a great show on that. So go and give that your chunk of change over to uh, Dave um, and on, onto the charity to help him fight his battle. Um, so on that note, until next time, vamos United. Vamos. Vamos.